All right, we are here at uh, Mariano's Supermarket in Chicago, and we're here to uh, test out a how-to. We're trying to avoid ATM fees, and we think going to the grocery store uh, will help us do that. Yeah, you, you can do cash back. You know, you buy your groceries, you say, I want 40 bucks or whatever. There's probably a lot of things in here that are cheaper than the 2 or $3 that you'll pay at an ATM. So we're going to set out and try and find the cheapest thing here in the grocery store. Uh, Jillian, who's producing this week's show, is here too. So now, there's a tiny withered piece of spinach over there that might actually... <laughs> okay. My, Mike is placing a single leaf of... Um, That's arugula. I think that's a little piece of arugula right here. A single tiny leaf. I mean, it's the, it's the size of a nickel. Um, into uh, Jillian found a tiny plastic container. So you're just going to go check out with this. Yeah. So that's my plan. See how it works. All right. So at this point, uh, we learned none of the people at the checkout wanted to talk on tape to us. So we split up, and now we're back together, and we're going to see who found the cheapest stuff. My plan didn't work. I took a half a leaf of arugula (laughs) in a salad (laughs) container, and mine was so successful, it was so small, uh, the weight was so minimal that it didn't register on the scale. So I went back and I got a blueberry, and I put that in the salad container. Still too small. I went through, and I, um, I got two green beans. When I was picking them out, I just felt like one was not enough like one would be embarrassing did you have a like um did you have a story of why you were gonna why you needed two green beans i did i was i was nervous and i was thinking if she asks what this is about i'm gonna say i have a recipe and i'm two green beans short Uh uh-huh i can't think of any recipe (laughs) in the world that needs two green beans it calls for four i only have two at home (laughs) Couldn't you just cut one in half? So I will call my... My mission was a success. I ended up with two green beans, $100, and one cent ATM fee. I um, I went for practicality. Okay. Um, so I got one piece of bacon. <laughs> and it was the smallest piece of bacon I could find. That was like a half piece of bacon. I know, tiny. Um, but I figured double win because I'm going to eat and actively enjoy this. Yeah. You're going to enjoy that more than I enjoy my green beans. How much How much was that bacon? This was, well, it was six cents, but with tax, it was seven. This, this is great. Like, ultimately, when you when you compare an ATM fee to what we just did, it say it's a $3 ATM fee, it's like... Uh, someone just paid you, Jillian, $2.93 to eat a piece of bacon. That's a job I'll definitely take. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. Later on in today's show, we're going to find out how to taste a name, which doesn't make sense. Nope. But first, paleontologists in Argentina have found the remains of what they say is the largest dinosaur on record. It's called the Dreadnoughtus. It's 85 feet long. So the question is, of course, what size t-shirt would it wear? On the line with us now is Sandy Fleming. She's the technical design manager at Alternative Apparel. So Sandy, what do you think, t-shirt wise? 
Well, I um, looked at some images online of a little man next to the Dreadnoughtus to kind of get an idea of the scaling of Dreadnoughtus. Okay. And when we fit a T-shirt, the biggest factor we're looking at is the girth of the chest. Girth. So I kind of just extract, or, you know, using this little man standing next to Dreadnoughtus, it looks like about six little men would kind of circumf- go around the circumference of his chest, okay. um, making me believe that his chest would measure about 432 inches um, in circumference. And what we do is we, we know that a male medium is 40 inches and a large is 43 inches and extra large is 46 inches. So it's every three inches it goes up kind of 1x, 2x, 3x. Huh. And just kind of extrapolate it all the way out using an Excel spreadsheet what 432 inches would be. And um, I determined that would be a Extra, 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 130 extras large. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. So he's, he's a big dude. I don't have a knitting um, mill that will make fabric that wide. The, I mean, you think about that many X's. You said 130? 130 X's. The, the tag alone would be as wide as a normal men, man's T-shirt to fit all the X's. Uh, th- that's a good question. I'm not sure how big we'd put. I think maybe we would just use X, but our scientific notation just to <laughs> save, save letters. Now, would this be a V-neck or a crew-neck shirt? Well, looking at his neck, you know, I think we do. We're really into the boat neck right now. The wide boat neck is very fashionable. So he's got a really big neck. It's kind of disproportionate to his body. So I'm thinking he'd, he'd enjoy a, a kind of a low U-neck, boat neck shape. Okay. And uh, where, you know, where is this, are, are we seeing any midriff? Where, where does the t-shirt end? That's a, actually a really good question. The length, if we're going to follow our usual grade rules, which is one inch per size, the length would be about 160 inches, which surprisingly ends up looking very proportional on his body and ends just above his hind legs. Oh, oh wow. And what, while we're putting t-shirts on dinosaurs... I, you got to think about the T-Rex with uh, its enormous size but uh, relatively uh, tiny arms. What, you know, to look his best, to deal with, you know, what is a, a, an unusual body type, what, what would you recommend for a T-Rex? For T-Rex, that's going to be comp- a little bit difficult because I'm not exactly sure how he's going to get it over his body with such tiny arms. So sure. maybe we would give him like a zip-up hoodie so it would give him that ability to just kind of slip it on over without having to get it over his head. Because those tiny arms, I just don't, I don't see him able to get something over his head. Yeah. Let me throw you another curveball. What about a Stegosaurus with the plates on its back? Ooh, how about we take our, our zip-up hoodie Turn it around so maybe it zips up the back and we put some little slits in there. Yeah. How long do you think it would take to produce one T-shirt for a Dreadnoughtus? That's a great question. Given that it takes about, um, just to sew maybe a regular size large, takes us about a half an hour, and we're looking at 130 times that size, I guess we could do the math and say, gosh, what's 130 times 30 we're looking at 3,900 minutes wow (laughs) 65 hours 65 hours for one t-shirt and the problem i don't know who's 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 willing to purchase this shirt do we have the client base for this who's got a pet dreadnoughtus that they want to close yeah extinction really it does put it 
dent in the margins. Well, thanks for helping us figure this out, Sandy. You're welcome. You, you might have heard of synesthesia, where people associate one sense with another. I haven't heard of that. Uh, mo- a lot of people have. Not me. Uh, like someone may, when they hear a musical note, associate that with a color, for instance. This week we learned about Chet. His mind does something similar, but vastly different. Weirder. So, Chet, can you tell us uh, how your brain works? Uh, well, yeah. I guess the weirdest thing about my brain is that I have uh, this association with names and flavors. So people's names usually have a flavor associated to them in the same way that if you hear a word like uh, hot dog, you get you, you have a there's a flavor associated with that in your mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. I have that with names. Wait, so you would meet somebody and then you would uh, like a taste would pop in your mouth? Well, it's not not a taste in the sense that you get the taste, but in, in the same way that if you heard the word hot dog, you you have that sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You'll you'll have the sense of what a hot dog tastes like. Sure, okay. So it's like that, but it's automatic. It just I, I can't help it. Well, what's a particularly strong one? Uh, a particularly strong one is Mary. Mary. Mary tastes like uh, when when you eat a cold raw wiener. <laughs> like if you grab <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if you were when you were a little kid. If you ever just grabbed a raw hot dog out yeah. of the refrigerator and just ate it, that's what Mary tastes like really strongly. And we we're not like we're not t- talking about a memory. Like it wasn't like you knew someone named Mary mm. who fed you cold hot dogs. It's just <laughs> it's just there. Like, I mean, that could be how it started. I have no idea. But no, it's not a memory. It's a it's a flavor. In the same way that you know, like I like I explained, it's it's just I can't help it. Okay, so if I said you know, hey Jet, uh, my name's Ian, some kind of flavor would pop into your head. Well, I was thinking about it last night and. There's certain names I don't really have uh, that don't have flavors to me for some reason. It has to be stuff that names that I heard when I was really young. Huh. So Ian, I don't really have a flavor for that name. I'm flavorless. Yeah, there's a few. There's, there's a few flavorless ones. How about Mike? What is Mike? What flavor is that? Mike is. It's like some of them have a little bit of a flavor, and um, that one has slightly the flavor of when you put your tongue up. On a nine volt battery, <laughs> like sparkly, energetic. <laughs> but I, I would I would hesitate to even say that one has a flavor because it's because it is a mild one. Other ones are really strong. What what is your name? What flavor does Chet uh, bring in your brain? It tastes like cheddar cheese. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of obvious, but the other weird thing about it is it's it's. It's all 70s junk food that I grew up on, because I'm 47, I think. And so, I, you know, I grew up in the 70s, so it's all this kind of 70s junk food I was raised on, pretty much. Do you have a significant other in your life? Uh-huh. Her name is Lisa, and Lisa tastes like chewing on candle wax. Oh. How does she, <laughs> how does she feel about that? <laughs> she just looks at me strange. Okay. She, you know, it's... <laughs> She knows I'm kind of weird. Well, that that's interesting though, because that's you know, maybe not the most uh, appetizing flavor, but you know, you you like this person. Does it does it happen that if you meet someone who has 
a negative flavor associated with their name that you kind of have to get past that? No, not really, because it's weird. It's The name itself has the flavor, and if I get to know somebody, it doesn't, I don't have the association as strongly. It's weird. It's, it's like, it's more just the word itself. It has nothing to do with the person. It's, it's also uh, smells, too, on occasion. Like, I think Anne, the name Anne, it uh, smells like ammonia. Oh. And the name Heidi smells like dog breath. <laughs> <laughs> and and is, it, is it consistent? Like, uh, does, you know, Chuck always taste the same? Yeah, yeah, it always tastes the same. Chuck tastes like meat, like, but chewed up meat. Uh-huh. Like if you have a big, like if you have a piece of meat and you've chewed it up and it's in your mouth and it's not, you've kind of chewed all the flavor out of it and it's just this mass of chewy meat, flavorless meat in your mouth. That's yep. what Chuck tastes like. Yeah. Well, so now that's Chuck. Does Charles also taste like that? No, Charles tastes like um, chocolate, ah. like a Hershey bar. So if you ever meet somebody named Chuck, maybe you'd be like, you know what? I'd feel more comfortable if I just called you Charles. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Well, Chet, thanks so much for talking to us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Chet is an artist. You can view his art at chetzar.com. That's C-H-E-T-Z-A-R dot C-O-M. Hey, it's time for a commercial break. Well, they, they're not commercials. We don't call them commercials. Uh, but uh, we do need to make money for food. Support for How to Do Everything comes from Trunk Club. They're a men's outfitting service focused on simplifying the shopping process. That's right. We're getting paid entirely in pants. So here's how it works. Everyone who uses Trunk Club is matched with a stylist, someone who's going to look at your individual tastes and handpick clothes just for you. And probably judge you. So then what that person will do is they'll pack these clothes, these premium clothes, into a trunk, and they'll ship them to your house, and you can try them on. Users have 10 days to try everything in the trunk on, decide what to keep, and send the rest back. Shipping is free both ways with no monthly obligations. What if I don't like the clothes, but I like the trunk? Wear the trunk. To try out Trunk Club, check out trunkclub.com slash everything. We got an email from Allie in Melbourne, Australia, and she says she listens to How to Do Everything while driving to roller derby training. Allie, these next 15 seconds are for you. Do you think when she's driving to roller derby that she's trying to knock the other cars off the road? I, I mean, I think you thats you want to get warmed up that way. Is that part of the training? It's so violent, actually, and we're only encouraging it with this song. I think maybe roller derby could be, could be actually a lot nicer and a lot uh, less painful for everybody there if we, you know, played something... Something a little more mellow. Yeah. How does that feel, Allie? What do you, maybe maybe instead of trying to push push that other woman off, maybe you just want to hold her hand. Yeah. Maybe instead of dim the lights a little bit. Instead of pushing pushing people down, maybe lift them up. 
Let's take a slow skate. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that uh, some people's names uh, have flavors associated with them. Yeah, yours is not a good flavor. I think mine means I'm electric, a battery. It's going to create a little spark in your mouth. You know, my sister is uh, is named Raisinette. Oh. Yeah. She, all, she tastes like marshmallows. If she were a boy, would they have just named her Raisin? Yeah. If you could pick a synesthesia for yourself, if you could choose one, what would you choose? Like, let's not, let's say that tasting names is out. Okay, tasting names is out. I've heard of people tasting shapes. Heard of people hearing colors. Okay. What if I smelled Fast and Furious movies? It's like, oh, is that butterscotch? Too Fast, Too Furious? Each one has a different butterscotch flavor? No, no, not necessarily butterscotch. How to Do Everything was produced this week by Jillian Donovan. Thanks, Jillian. Technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Kelsey Hardison. Keep it up, Kelsey. Where is Kelsey? I think she's with Seth. Who's Seth? Our artisan residence is Justin Witty. Send us your questions at howto at npr.org. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. How about how to do everything, the name of our show? Does that taste like anything? Let's see. How How kind of tastes like pineapple mm-hmm. to do everything. Everything doesn't really have a flavor. NPR or, or <coughs> National Public Radio. National tastes like a uh, cupcake. Public tastes like uh, icing on, on a cake. And then okay. radio. Radio. Radio is kind of like that battery flavor that Mike has, mm-hmm. putting your tongue in a 9-volt battery. Kind of awesome. I get it. I'm Mike Danforth. And I'm Ian Chillog. This is NPR.